<laughs> Absolutely wonderful to greet you again this morning. And uh, I trust that you are all doing well wherever you're from. It's morning here, but it could be afternoon with you and evening, wherever that may be. I'd like to ask you something specific before we just jump into a time together sharing from the Word. And that is that every week you've been watching me or any one of the elders and you could see us. But you know what? We can't see you. <laughs> You're here, but not here. You're over there. And uh, I'd love to ask you a favor. Could you do us um, a simple exercise by just taking a picture of you as a family, where you're sitting, watching this or listening to this or reading the notes, and just send it to us. We'd love to kind of connect that way. And if you're um, comfortable enough for us to post that on Facebook, we would love for you to experience each other by looking at the pictures on Facebook so that we at least can have some form of community. We never see each other these days. It's kind of odd. And me just talking to you, hoping that you're out there, would help us to at least see a little bit of you and make contact that way. So please, would you mind doing that? Take a picture today or tomorrow, whenever you're watching this, um, and send it to us, to our church admin phone that we have um, been making available to keep contact with you. And through that, we will then be able to post it on Facebook. It'll be so kind if you could do that. And so before we go into the Word, I'd like to pray for us. And so Father, we thank you that as we just watch this, listen to it, we do want to make this declaration that you are our provider, and that you are incredibly good. And that we thank you that as your people, we can gather in this strange way, but yet still powerful way, because we gather for you. And Lord, we thank you that this moment will be again another opportunity for us to touch base with, with you in a simple way. And we know that there's so many other ways and it won't just be limited by the next couple of minutes. But we do pray, Father, that you will speak to us. And it's not about me as the speaker. It's about your presence, Jesus. I want to thank you that, that Holy Spirit, you are present right now during this recording, and also during the time for people watching, listening, reading. And that your heart, Lord God, will, will touch our lives in such a way, Jesus, that our lives could never remain the same. So we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for the faithfulness of God in our lives, that you sustain us, that even through this moment of looking at your word, you will further sustain and build into our lives what you want to do. I pray, Lord God, for, for every listener, for every viewer, for every reader, Lord God, that they will be able to experience more of you and not anything of me, but more of you. I trust you for that. Pray your blessing upon us, sharing from your word, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to ask you to turn with me to um, Luke chapter 6 as we dive more into Scripture, as we consider this whole topic of our series that we've been focusing on, which is called Being with Jesus. And this morning, I want to give you the title of this message right from the word go, and that is simply this, a fundamental for every follower. 
something that is absolutely key and fundamental and important for us as followers. And I'm going to go to two portions of Scripture, one from the New Testament, and then we go back to the, to the Old Testament. So Luke chapter 6 is where we will start from in the New Testament. And a wonderful story of Jesus being with his disciples. And in verse 12 of Luke chapter 6, it says the following, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night, he continued in prayer to God. Keep that in mind, what he did there. Then verse 13, he then introduces us to his disciples. And it says, and when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12, whom he named apostles, Simon, whom we named Peter and Andrew, his brother, and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon, who was called the Zealot. And Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Then verse 17 says, And he came down with them, obviously coming down from the mountain, and stood on a level place. See the two opposites here. He was on the mountain. Now we find him with his disciples on a level place. With a great crowd, that's where the people were, of his uh, and with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. And as he spends time on a level place, it says the following, it says, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured and all the crowd sought to touch him for power came out from him and healed them all. So there's so much that we can talk about here, but there's two particular things that I would like for you to notice. First of all, Jesus finds himself on a mountain. He often does that. He goes away. But then we also find himself coming and being with a people called the level place. And it's in here, and you'll particularly read it in Luke chapter 4 and 5, where he goes to synagogues, he goes to homes, he goes to the boats, he goes to the tax collector's booth, and, and he spends time on a level place with people, and he engages them. But it seems like that in this particular portion, and you'll find it throughout the New Testament, particularly in the Gospels, that Jesus often has these moments away from things and from people, to then eventually find himself with people and with others around him. And it seems like that our lives are caught up so often with being around people and with everything and with work and with stuff that we don't find those moments to get away from it. And so the, these two words are kind of like fighting each other. I'm with stuff but I need to also get away from it. And Jesus gives us a clear example of how to live amongst these things, but also away from it. And as we talk about the fundamental for every follower, we're going to see that it actually is this thing of being away from it. And so us, in our pursuit of living the way, the title of our series, we've got to understand that being with Jesus is actually this fundamental thing of Making sure that we come away from the stuff and be with him. Some people actually call this kind of lifestyle the rule of life. Where they say, actually, you need to have a rule of life that, that, that governs and determines the way that you live. I read in a, in a book by an American author and, and, and pastor 
guy by the name of Pete Scazzero, he said the following one, I'd like to quote him. He says, please don't be intimidated by the word rule, if we talk about rule of life. He says the word comes from the ancient Greek word for trellis. Trellis. And he says that trellis is a tool that enables a grapevine to get off the ground and grow upward, becoming more fruitful and productive. In the same way, a rule of life is a trellis that helps us abide in Christ and become more fruitful spiritually. It's been said that the rule of life is an ex exterior framework for an interior journey. A kind of scaffolding to use to build the spiritual structure of our individual life with God. It's an intentional, conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything we do. <laughs> so I want to throw these questions out to you. And please consider them prayerfully and hopefully you don't get offended if I ask you this. But the first question is this. What is your current deliberate or intentional plan to help you grow spiritually? What is fundamentally part of your rule of life to help you grow spiritually? What are the rhythms or the structure or the trellis that you have put in place for the spiritual growth? Do you have any rhythm for that at this moment of your life? We've often referred to this current season that we're in of lockdowns and of slowing down, of doing things a bit different as an ideal opportunity in a moment to consider these things, to put trellises in place, to put some framework in place for our lives, to adopt a rule of life that enables us to make moments and make time with God so that spiritually we can grow. And that's what you and I are still around for, to grow spiritually, to become more like Christ. We're not here just to breathe every day. We're here to live for Him. And unless we spiritually grow and become more like Him, we're kind of just sucking air <laughs> and not doing anything with all this precious air that we're breathing in. May I just share with you a little bit of my experience that I've found, and, and I'm still young enough to say that it's not been an incredible, um, you know, extended experience. But I've found that, that in church, that the growth of each believer, each one of us, are impacted the, the least by a few things. And then I'll tell you what I have found, what impacts it the most. What impacts spiritual growth the least is church attendance. We think that coming to a meeting, and, and obviously we've been missing out on that a bit, that is the key for our spiritual growth. It actually isn't. We think that corporate gatherings, small groups, and that's the key. Although these things are so important, it's great to be together on a Sunday, and we're not experiencing that. But nevertheless, it's wonderful, and it's so important. Even... Attending training moments, spiritual moments where you are trained and equipped in the life of the church. Those things are great. They're important. But actually, none of these things accomplish the most spiritual growth in people's lives have I seen. Even good Christian books that you can read and videos that you can follow. The fundamental thing that I've seen that enables followers of Christ to grow is a regular private time away from the stuff a regular time with God that to me 
has been in my own life, I can certainly acknowledge that that has caused me to get to know Christ the most. I appreciate people's input in my life. I appreciate just books and, and exposure to incredible, godly people all over the world. But the thing that has impacted my life the most is my personal journey with Jesus away from stuff. It's a man called Gordon MacDonald. I've got his book here. Uh, it's an epic book. It was written in the 80s somewhere. And, and it's an updated version again that's available. It's called Ordering Your Private World. And he says this. Listen to it. I quote him. Many people who call themselves Christians pay little attention to the state of their souls and, as a result, end up experiencing disappointment with their journey of faith. And may I say that attention or giving attention to our souls starts with making time with the one who knows us best, God himself. So giving attention to your soul is, is moving from the stuff, away from it, to be with God. That gives input and that speaks into our lives and whose whispers we can hear. And it gives us, gives us direction in life. Proverbs 4.23, well-known author by the name of Solomon wrote the following. He says, watch or keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So we're going to look at our hearts. We're going to look at our soul. We're going to protect this. We're going to care for it. And as much as we care for our physical bodies and our minds and reading stuff and, and studying things and getting fit and making sure that we eat well and well done for doing that. But the most important thing is fundamental thing for every follower is time away time with God I want to jump into the Old Testament if you want to come there with me and won't you go with me to Second Kings I found this incredible story that will probably take us not just this week but also next week to cover and learn from and help us just build these trellises in our lives and I appreciate that many of you have managed over many years perhaps to, to see this as a rhythm in, as part of your life. And, but may I help you to all grow and all of us to grow together and maybe also help others as we watch this and as we learn about this important fundamental to be part of our lives. So Second Kings chapter 4 is where we want to take you. And here's a story of a prophet called Elisha. It's not Elijah, but now it's Elisha. And Elisha um, has this incredible experience with somebody that was very kind to him. And I'm going to read to you from, from uh, verse 8 of chapter 4, 2 Kings. And it says the following. One day Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. How's that? That's great. This practical stuff we find in Scripture. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. So it seems like this house or this, this woman's place with her husband was en route between one town and another. And he would often pass by and he would stop and, and have a great meal. And she one day says to her husband in verse 9, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continuing passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him. Listen to this. Four things. Let's give him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. So that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. 
we'll just stop there. <laughs> We're going to talk about a few things in our in our discussion and through this narrative of of a man called Elisha with the Shunammite woman. We're going to talk about the road that he frequently was on. We're going to talk about this room that was made available to him. We're going to talk about this bed inside the room. We're going to talk about the chair also found there. We're going to talk about the table. I'm going to talk about the lamp. So six things, but I would guess to say that we will only get to two today. And then next week, you come back, we'll do the rest. <laughs> but anyway, so could we just first of all look at these things? I want to talk about the road first. And, and I want to suggest that the road is the time or a place for work and connectivity, for the ordinary daily stuff that, that, that Elisha was involved. And so we see that this house... It's built on this next to this road where he frequently would travel along, and and he found himself being invited by this lady to um, to come and stay in the house. Her husband had prepared the place for him, and uh, he was made um, a guest in their house. But, and it's amazing if you read that in verse eight b. It says, "So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food." So. Elisha's life was, was taken up by traveling and, and being a prophet of God. He obviously had to go and, and minister somewhere, places, and, and, and serve the people. And I guess that's very normal for most of us. We have a, a normal pattern of how we live our lives. The road, in a sense, could be the workplace, could be your place of study, could be your home where you frequently engage people and, and, and just where ordinary things happen. Could be the streets that we find ourselves, could be the shops. So road can equal quite a number of things. And, and this is the area that, where most of our time is invested in, because we have to. Obviously, the lockdown season that we're in is, is throwing that off, off um, balance a bit, but normally, that's where we find most of our time is spent, on the, on the road. I want to suggest to you, that the success for our road life, whatever road would be for you, is determined by your room life. That there's a lot that we've got to do on the road. And for certain, God's called us. And many of you are incredibly gifted in various areas and, uh, of being used by God on the road. But all of that hinges on the time that we take away from the road. We move away from the road into the room. In Luke 6, we saw the same. Jesus was on the level place, the road. <laughs> and he often, in the Gospels, we see him moving away from that to be in a room, which is a high mountain, which is wherever it could be. And often the, the Gospels refer to a desolate place, a time away, time being by himself. Which gets me, gets us to the, the second thing that I want to focus on. Takes us to the room. And the room for me is, a, is a, a place or a time for privacy. The Shunammite woman here offers a room in their house for Elisha because she knew that he needed refuge. He, he was constantly passing around in our heart. And praise the Lord for women that can, that can perceive these things and say, this man needs a place to come in to rest, to be by himself. And she makes it available. This became a place of separation for Elisha. A place that afforded him moments where he could disappear and be with God. A room that, created, that was created for him to be away from being with people. 
He found him a lot of time with his life. He was with stuff and with people. And she created a place for him to be away from it. A way to be alone with God. And it speaks of something similar that Jesus did. To us today, what does it speak of today? It should speak about this fundamental thing of time with God. Drawing aside to be with Jesus. Now room in this context spoke about a physical place. But in our context, it doesn't have to be that. Because many of us don't have the luxury of having a room for ourselves. My bed, my table, my chair, my lamp, whatever it may be. Many people don't have that. But it speaks about the principle more than the place. And so what is the principle? The principle is this. God wants us to draw away. And that drawing could be whatever way. Could be going for a walk. Could be just taking a moment away and sitting in the garden or, or whatever it may be. But the principle is that fundamentally we cannot live just on the road. We've got to find the room. The room moments, the room experience. And if you're blessed enough to have your own room, use it. Don't just decorate it. Gee, this is a great place. I love that picture up there. And I love this desk. And I, but we're not actually using it for time with God. And so maybe again we can learn something about isolation for the first time in our lives currently. Because we're being isolated. And, and seriously, this is what it seems like Elisha was able to do. To isolate himself. Not from just, but for. It's interesting that, hey. That we can run away from stuff, but we're not doing it for a particular reason. And I believe God says, come away, my child. Come away and be with me, for me, so that I can speak into your life, so I can empower you with an understanding of who I am. So the room could never just be a physical place. But it is some experience that God has for us on a daily basis. The question again, how are you and I doing in this area? Not of being in the road, because I think we're all busy. We've got stuff. I found that even in this isolation period, that a different kind of busyness has come. We, we're just doing all sorts of other things, and, and we're still keeping busy. That's not wrong, but do we draw aside? Do you have a room? lifestyle that takes you from the road and help you experience God in a very real way. Do you, friend? Because that's the trellis that you need to build your life around. The life you are, you are called and I are called to live on the road is directly dependent on the life and moments you and I have in the room. So how's your room life? <laughs> we can talk a lot and we often just talk about our road life, isn't it? How are you doing? I'm busy. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And we can communicate a lot about road life. But how's your room life? What's happening in your room life? What is God saying to you? Are you listening to Him? We cannot afford not to have a room rhythm in our lives. We all have road rhythms. We're all busy. We've all got stuff to do. But how's the room rhythm doing? And guess what? Church meetings can certainly not be the room for you and me. It's a great moment, <laughs> and praise the Lord for these moments that we can offer to one another through this medium, and, and, and hopefully soon we can have another moment again where we gather on Sundays, but that can never be our room. 
That's part of engaging God and engaging people, but it's not the ultimate room. The ultimate room is you and Jesus being with him, separating yourself for him. We need to get off the road on a regular basis and retreat to the room to be with Christ and learn from him. I want to read to you something that I found in this book, Ordering Your Private World, written by, by Mother Teresa, well-known person. And, and she says here the following, We need to find God, and He cannot be found in noise and restlessness. He cannot just be found in the road in a sense, isn't it? I know God is everywhere, but there's something about God that we experience in the room. She says further, God is the friend of silence. See how nature, trees, flowers, grass, they grow in silence. See the stars, the moon, and sun, how they move in silence. The more we receive in silent prayer, the more we can give in our active life. We need silence to be able to touch souls. The essential thing is not what we say, but what God says to us and through us. All our words will be useless unless they come from within. Words which do not give the light of Christ increase the darkness, she says. Our encouragement to you is, to all of us, to myself, there's a road life that's full of noise and stuff, and there's a room life that quietens our hearts and brings silence and solitude, strange words that we're not often familiar with. Silence is often a, 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 a threatening thing for us to just be silent because we're so unaccustomed to it. But it's in those silent moments that we can hear the whispers of heaven that when we read Scripture, it becomes alive to us when we retreat. And as I said, it doesn't have to be a physical place. It's an experience. It's a principle. It's a fundamental for us. As we finish here today, next week we're going to carry on and look at those other items in the room. The bed, the chair, the table, and the lamp. And how each one of those speak of something specific that God would want us to experience in the room to help us as we, as we set this trellis in place to grow. And each one of them, I believe, has an incredible value that it wants to add to our lives and something significant that we can read and learn from. And so... I want to encourage you to choose, first of all, where you want to live from. Is it the road or is it the room? Like Jesus' experience, is it high on the mountain or is it just down here by the level place? Stuff to do here, but we've got to get to the mountain. The road is busy. There's stuff to do, but we've got to get to the room. May God help us, therefore, friends, to, to have this fundamental thing part of our lives. And I want to say to you, if you've slipped up on this, over the past few weeks, days, months. Just be encouraged and get back to it. Just find your rhythm again. Build a trellis and find God. Be with God. If you've never had this part of your life, never had this trellis, start now. Start now. Is it not a better place to start than now? If you need to be encouraged to stay faithful with this, ask a friend and, uh, to pray with you and say, listen, I, I, get, I get tired of this and I, sometimes it gets boring. Help me. Give me perspective. If you have no clue how to make this part of your life, ask God to help you. Talk to us. Talk to someone who can help you. But let's get this 
to be part of our lives, this fundamental thing. And you know what? Start small. Start small. With little time, let it grow every day. My prayer for you is let the fundamental thing of drawing aside be part of your life. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you today that you call us. It's not our flesh that will call us into this, to the room. Our flesh will call us to the road, rather, Lord. But your spirit inside of us calls us. Deep calls unto deep. And so, Father, we, we recognize this morning, or well, this day, that, that there's a room that awaits us. Not just to go and visit, but to live from. As we said earlier on in our season, that we don't just visit the place of the Most High. We want to stay there. We want to live from the room reality. I pray, God, for all of us. Whatever place we are in terms of this understanding of road and room, I pray that you will help us to, to respond to your spirit and move ever so closely to a lifestyle of functioning from the room. Let that become the way that we operate, oh God. Pray for your people as they watch, listen, and read this. Pray for encouragement upon them, Holy Spirit, that you will call us into that lifestyle of being in the room, taking time away from to be with you. God, I pray for just your blessing upon everybody watching, upon King City Church, our friends up in Vic Falls. I pray, God, that you will strengthen, support, bless, heal, encourage, deliver, minister, Lord God, to your people in an incredible way. I trust you for your hand upon your people. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Love you lots. Thank you so much for being with us and enjoy your day.